0: Our boys and girls are headed up to children's church, so if you are in kindergarten through third grade, come down here with Mr. Ben. Jax, get back. Because <laughs> I asked Mr. Ben if it would be all right if we had a little conversation before they go back there, because we need to hear from we need to hear from this side of the church too, right? Right. 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 Hey guys can I talk to y'all for a minute? Sure, Uh, sure. sure. We lost a few. That's okay. All right, well, I'm going to ask y'all a question, and I want to know who can answer it for me. Is that okay? I tell you what, y'all sit on the stairs. They don't want to look at me. They want to see y'all. You want to sit on the stairs? I want to ask y'all a couple of questions, okay? Y'all aren't scared to answer questions, are you? Okay, that's my right there. All right, so let me ask you a question. What if we were all sitting right here together, kind of like we are, and you heard God speak? What would you do? Who wants to answer? What would you do if you heard God? What would you do if you heard God speak right now? Answer him. Oh, because you're very, I like manners. That's good. Would, would anybody be like nervous or, or like scared? Or would you be like, oh, okay, what's up? What'd you say, Bennett? I would be nervous. Nervous. Why would you be nervous? Uh. I just, I would just be nervous. All sure. right. Well, let me ask you this. If God were to speak right now, like, hello, this is God. Like if he were to like talk to you, what do you think he would say to you? That's pretty good. <laughs> what do you think God would say to you? Anybody want to just, what do you, what would you want God to say to you? Have a good life. What? Have a good life. Have a good life. Okay. There's that. What else? Ben, you're going to have a quiet group this morning. Yes, yeah, sir. What'd you say, Crystal? What'd you say? Um, mean, i be Yes. I'll take your word for it, buddy. Good answer. Good answer. i tell you what, what would, what would God say, what, what do you think God would say to your mommy or daddy? Anybody want to answer that on a microphone? Oh, uh, not, okay. You know what? If I put everyone else through it, I got to put myself through it. He would say, be a good mom and dad. That's, that's a good word. He says that every day. Absolutely. What, what do you think he would say to your mommy or your daddy? He would tell them they're doing the perfect job and to keep going and to give out more spakins, right? Is that what God, Y'all want God to tell your parents to do that? No. Oh, do what? Clean up your room. He would say, clean up your room? To the parents. To the parents. Yes. <laughs> There's a lesson in that. Do your parents tell you to clean up your room? Yeah. Do, do you tell your parents to clean up their room? Does their room need to be cleaned up? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Got you. Yes, sir. Um, me, Daddy, go my parents. Come back, Danny.: Yes. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Anybody else? Anybody else? You what? Not you, Not me? Okay. Well, i tell you what. Are you all ready to go have some fun with Mr. Ben? Yes. yes? Are you all ready to go have some fun with Mr. Ben? Yes. All right, everybody give Mr. Ben a high five. Doesn't Mr. Ben do a great job, church? All right, y'all go right out that way. Uh Uh-huh, clean up your room. Somebody left their uh, juicy drop behind, their wrapper. Nice bubble gum. God would say share. Church, let me ask you a question. Why do we bring our Bibles to church? You ever wondered? Every week we encourage each other. We encourage one another. I encourage you, bring your Bible to church. Hopefully your Sunday school teacher, hey, bring your Bible to church. Why? Why do we, why do we say that? What is it about the Bible that lends itself to christians to to read it and to study it and to memorize it and to write it down and to quote it what what is it about the bible that we want you to bring your bible to church what is it about the bible that lends itself for us to do all these things with it it's a love letter from god God. imagine that i heard from jackie burney thank you mr jackie that's true somebody else said what it's god's word it's alive absolutely And the common answer is, because it's God's word. But why? Have you ever taken it further than that? Have you ever taken it further beyond just because it's God's word, we need to bring it, we need to read it, we need to study it? Have you ever wondered what it means to value God's word? Have you ever thought about it? Have you ever unpacked it or it's because, well, we're supposed to? Or because it's God's Word. Beyond because it's God's Word, what is our answer? What is our response when we have God's Word in front of us? This morning, we are going to launch into a series over the next several weeks of studying God's Word. Back in the day, uh, we used to begin our time in the Word together by saying, if you got a copy of God's Word, hold it up and say, Word. Yes, I actually ripped that off from my friend Tony I went to seminary with. Uh, so it's not my original idea, but it's just kind of saying, hey, as we get started, the main thing is God's Word, and that's what we're going to look at, but why is it the main thing? Why is God's Word of such significant value to Christians? That's what I want us to walk through over the next several weeks of talking about the value of God's Word, why it means what it means to us, to the people, uh, to the church. So uh, this morning, we're going to be looking at God's Word. We're actually going to be looking in the book of john so if you want to go ahead and turn to the book of john and hold there we're going to be there a little bit later but we'll eventually get there but while you're turning there i want us to i want us to look at god's word as it is as it is written see the next several weeks as we unpack and as we study god's word we're going to be studying specifically the written word of god which is uh, a copy of the bible which hopefully you have in your hands so as you turn to the book of John, or after you've turned to the book of John, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay out some Bible facts for you, and uh, y'all can either just listen, and I can give you facts, or we can have some interaction time. Uh, but we'll we'll make it up as we go. So the Bible was written on three different continents. Does anybody know what three continents the Bible was written on? Asia, Europe, and Africa. Very good. All right, Ashley, you can't answer anymore because i know i've played this game with you before this is kind of cheating the bible was written in three different languages What were they greek aramaic and hebrew absolutely you guys are doing great how many books are in the bible 66 man y'all are so good how many chapters in the bible and a lot doesn't count i heard somebody like oh look how fun smart and funny i am yeah 1,189 chapters in the Bible. How many verses? Mmm. Somebody get your calculator out. Over 31,000 verses make up God's word. What's the longest book of the Bible? Wrong. It's not Psalms. What's the longest book of the Bible? Acts? Wrong. Isaiah? is still incorrect <laughs> based on the original writing in the original language what is the longest book in the bible it's not psalms <laughs> that's what it sounds like up here if you answered jeremiah you would be correct yeah imagine that Dave, they were equally as shocked as you and I were. If you go and take the original language of the book of Jeremiah, it makes up about a fifth of the Bible. Pretty crazy, huh? You guys are really doing good, though. What's the shortest book of the Bible? Not Acts, which was also an answer for the Shortest book of the Bible is 3 John. Now, let's see if you can follow me contextually. If 3 John is the shortest book in the Bible, what's the second? Hint shortest book of the bible very good man you guys pick on quick very good the bible was written by over 40 different authors i think the number is around 42 as best the scholars can come up with now let me get this of those 40 over 40 authors here's their occupations the people that were inspired by god to write the bible were kings farmers fishermen that was a tent maker a doctor, prophets, pastors, a scribe, musicians, and the list goes on and on and on and on. In the Bible, there are recorded 21 dreams, and 185 songs are recorded in the Bible. Isn't that something? We could go on all day, but it's not, the the purpose of this is not to know about the Bible, and it's a tragedy when the world can tell you all about the Bible. But what we're talking about is something further, something deeper than that. When we talk about the written word of God, well, the psalmist said it best. In Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, he started this incredible book, which, by the way, Psalms does have the most number of chapters in the Bible. So I'll give you that. Uh, Psalms wrote this in Psalms 1, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked, Or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. You will see all throughout, particularly if you want to see the value of God's word as told by the authors, go read Psalms 119. Because that whole chapter of that beautiful book is just talking about how valuable and how precious and how wonderful is the word of God, the written word of God, the law of God, the precepts of God as we have been given to them. But if you flip over to the New Testament, Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy three sixteen, Paul says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And where we see Paul write that to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.16, he's talking about that the, the word of God that we have, it's inspired by God. It is God-breathed. Now, if you want to think about this for a minute, when he says it's God-breathed, I want us to go back to creation. We're going to get to that in just a minute. We're going to see uh, something that happened in creation, that when God created everything that we see, what did he do to create these things? He spoke these things, and they were, and they were so... But when we got to man, when it got to God's greatest creation, is he formed, he knitted these things, he formed him out of the dust. And then, in order to give him life, what did he do? He breathed life into him. See, everything else he had created up to this point, he just spoke. But when it came to man, when it came to humanity, he breathed life into it. And that breath is still going today in the life and we see here that he tells timothy that god's word is god breathe it is life giving that he does and then what does it do that god's word is used for teaching it's used for rebuking it's used for correcting it's used for training in righteousness church we can stop right here and say we as the church as the believers in christ this is how we are to utilize god's word that we are to use it for encouragement. We're to use it for teaching. We're using it for correcting, rebuking, training. We're, use, we're to use God's word for this. God's word is not just that thing that you fit into that 30 second break that you have at work. God's word is meant for so much more because it was God breathed life into it. It is a living word. And when we as the church spend time with the written word of God, it should be giving life back to us to see what God has for us in it. It's not something to fit the margins. It's not just a little uh, tricky phrase that may or may not rhyme that we just get through the day with. No, it is to give life to us and sustain us as we continue to walk in obedience to God. So over the next five weeks, today's the first one, in the next five weeks we're going to be looking at God's written word. That's going to be kind of the focus of what we're going to study, how we're going to study God's word. Uh, And what we're going to be talking about is is just going to lay it out for you. I've laid it out in a very neat little if you take the first letter of everything it makes a really great word first thing we're going to be looking at next week is called the authority of scripture this is actually one of our core values as our church is is biblical authority is one of the values the core values that we stand on as a church that we believe in so we're going to be looking at the authority of scripture we're going to be looking at the inerrancy of scripture how there is no fault found in god's word we're going to be looking at the clarity of scripture how many times have you had a conversation with somebody, or you yourself have said, you know what, I would read God's Word more, but I just don't understand it. It just doesn't make sense. God's Word is not meant to confuse us, but to create clarity in our own lives with what we're dealing with as we compare it to God's Word. Then we're going to be looking at the necessity of Scripture. The necessity of Scripture. And I'm going to be completely honest. If, if reading God's Word is not a priority to you, If your Bible sits on your nightstand and collects dust, except for that random Sunday you remember to grab it, you're probably not going to enjoy our time in the Word that morning when we talk about the necessity of God's written Word. And then lastly, we're going to be talking about the sufficiency of Scripture, that it's all we need. There have been a lot of people that have come along over the past few years and throughout history and said, well, you need the Bible, but you also need this. And we're going to be talking about the sufficiency of Scripture. So if you take the authority, inerrancy, clarity, necessity, and sufficiency of, Christ- of Scripture, you'll be able to remember it by the anchors. And that's what we're going to be talking about the next five weeks. Just an easy way for you to remember. I really was trying to be funny, but that's okay. But as we study God's Word, we talked about the written Word of God, which we're going to be unpacking over the next several weeks. But there's more to the Word of God than just the bound pieces of paper that we hold in our hands. So I want us to kind of unpack some of that this morning as we look at it. Just just like the children said uh, when I asked them, hey, what would you do if you heard God speak right now? And we heard a few different answers. You know, they both kind of looked at me like, how long are you going to keep us until we go upstairs? There's candy. You know, that was one of the most basic responses. When we started asking some of those questions, it was, well, I think God would tell me I'm doing good, or I think God would tell my parents that they're doing good, or to be better, or to do better. Let me ask you, if God were to speak right now, what would you do? Now think about that for just a minute. If we're all sitting here, or maybe you're in your car on your way home, or or maybe you're at work or something, and you hear the spoken word of God, God's word, how would you respond? How would you react? You would probably totally, totally calm and cool and collected as if you were expecting it, right? No? Probably would kind of blow some of us away. You might get a little freaked out. But what do we think about this? Now, I know some people who have claimed to have heard the audible voice of God. And who am I to say they did or they didn't? I'm not going there. I want to tell you, personally, I have never heard the audible voice of God that I'm aware of. All right? But what we do have is we have God's written word here. And as we study God's written word, we see instances in his word where God indeed speaks. The word of God, Do I don't want you to get like bogged down and confused. We're talking about, we were talking about the written word of God. Now we're talking about the spoken word of God. Do Y'all know what I'm saying? So if Ethan were to sit over there and say, "Sit down," that would be the spoken word of Ethan that some of you might agree with. All right, it's not going to happen, Ethan. Don't get your hopes up. That would be the so what we're talking about is the spoken word of God that would be the word of God. In Psalms 33, verse six, the psalmist says, "By the word of the Lord." The heavens were made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. Now obviously in this passage it's referring to creation, but we see God speak and something happens. And and church, understand this, that when we talk about the word of God, whether we're talking about the written word of God or the audible word of God, know this, whenever we have a, a noted event where God spoke, something always happens always happens so when we see this beautiful picture of creation in that one verse it just kind of sums it up that the word of the lord spoke and all of these things happened we uh can get desensitized sometimes me and me and dully were talking about it. me dully and daryl were talking upstairs beforehand how just sometimes it's real easy for us as church people to just kind of get desensitized to things we've heard so much or we see so often and it just kind of loses its flavor do y'all know what i'm saying about that it's like, yeah, okay, I've heard this. I got it. But if I can try and I, to encourage you, I want you to just kind of erase your mind for just a minute when it comes to the whole creation account, and I want you to imagine what that was like. I want you to even take out Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Like, You get it because you've recited it so much. I want you to just kind of wipe the blank. Wipe the slate clean for just a minute and think about complete and total darkness. Do you know what happened in order for something to show up? The Word of God. And I want you to think about that because there was nothing, and all of a sudden, light. I'm a visual learner. I, look, I read a lot of God's Word and I think, man, what, is it, what did it look like? This is what it looked like when creation happened. Total silence, total blackness, the voice of God, and it happened. Do you know why? Because that's how powerful our God is. That he can sit in total darkness and say, earth, and it's there. It's not earth, and then some evolutionary process of thousands and millions of... No. God spoke, and it happened. Because when the voice of God speaks, things happen. Have you ever stopped to remind yourself of the power of our God? That one word creates everything that we will have ever known. Expanse. Sky. Water. And it happens. Church. Church. Let us never lose the awe in the Word of God that when He speaks, things happen. Can you imagine? I mean, go back and read that Genesis 1 account, and it's not like God was like, okay, bring the left side up a little bit, now come down, all right, drop it. He didn't even have to explain how to do it. He just spoke, and it was. The power of the Word god we'll fast forward a little bit and you flip over to matthew matthew chapter 3 verse 17 we see something very very significant we see that jesus had begun his earthly ministry he found john the baptist and he said hey man i want you to baptize me and john did and this is what happens in matthew three seventeen. it says and a voice from heaven said this is my son whom i love with him i am well pleased all right, this isn't Lion King Simba type stuff when we say the voice came out of heaven. I want you to think bigger. Now here's here's one thing. Man, there's so many I cannot wait. One day we're gonna stand before God and I'm gonna ask him, God, why wasn't there verse eighteen? Because if you look in Matthew chapter 3, that's the last verse of Matthew chapter 3. And then in the next verse is chapter 4, verse 1, where it says, and then Jesus went out into the wilderness to begin the process where he got tempted by Satan. You know what I'm saying? But in Matthew 3, 17, it says, And the voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Understand this. When Jesus showed up to get baptized, John the Baptist was already baptizing people. So there was already a group of people there. We don't know how many, but there was already a group of people there. When Jesus was there, he had some followers with him already, so they were there. John the Baptist himself were there. Jesus was there. This wasn't just like Jesus and John the Baptist's private ceremony thing. There were people gathered. And the Word tells us that after Jesus, when he was coming up out of the water, that the the heavens opened, the Spirit of God in the form of a dove comes and lands on him, and then we hear the voice of God say, This is my Son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased and Matthew three eighteen should say and then everybody around him ran out the water as fast as they could and started screaming and what happened like what give me like 18 through 50 I want to know what took place with all those people that were sitting there like man Jesus like I've heard of this guy he's really cool look he's getting back whoa what did whoa they weren't expecting it. We read that and be like, all right, this is the part. Cue the Lord. He speaks. Red dove. Woo, cool. Guys, get this, man. Jesus gets baptized, and the voice of God spoke. And obviously, it wasn't just, well, that was just a voice of God for Jesus to hear. No, because as the, the apostle John is right. excuse me, as, the, as Matthew is writing this, he obviously heard it to write it. Down. These people heard it. The voice of God spoke and this is what's so cool about it because a little bit later you see in scripture man the rest of Jesus's life man has their chance to describe who they think Jesus is I mean you flip over a few more pages and he's getting beaten and he's getting scourged and he's getting crucified and man is speaking who they believe Jesus is you see Peter, one of his most trusted guys, look him right in the face and be like, "Well, you're 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 the son of God. You're exactly who you are." And then, like four hours later—not literally, but like ten minutes later—he's like, "Hey, uh, I don't even know the guy." We see what man's version of Jesus is, and this is the only time that God, His heavenly Father—I love how He refers to Him—this is My Son. This is My Son. This is a chance. This is we actually hear the voice. Of, we hear God bragging on his son. Hey, Dad, the greatest thing your son or your daughter will ever hear from you isn't wisdom and knowledge and how to invest in a 401k. The greatest thing your children can ever hear from you, Dad, is that you are proud of them and you love them, and you should lavish them with these words daily. Mom... If you're filling that role and dad's not around, they need to hear it from you. And I'm preaching to myself because too often my children hear the disciplining voice of their father. They need to hear the loving voice of their father. God spoke up and said, hey, this is my son and I'm so proud of him. We see God bragging on his son in a spoken, audible word. Y'all hear something funny? Miss Shantina's over here. She'll have my back on this. You're going, I'm not asking you to come up, but you, you validate everything I'm about to say, okay? My, do, my wife is a trip. I love my wife. She's the best thing ever. And she is so entertaining at my children's sporting events. <laughs> y'all are laughing because y'all are thinking of like you, you know? My son will be playing soccer. My daughter was playing softball. And let me tell you, I saw the video and Shantina was sitting right next to her. My daughter was up to bat and she swung and she hit that ball. And I I got the video because I was at the soccer game and I got the video. And if I played it for you, you would all have like a seizure or you'd you'd get seasick or something. Because like the phone just starts going like this and you just hear. (laughs) It was a foul. but it was a solid hit, man. My wife, boom, explosion. It was like, I'm watching the video, and when you don't watch it and just listen, it's hilarious. You watch it, you're like, I'm thinking I'm gonna be sick. It's crazy. Same thing, when we'd be out on the soccer field, and Jax would get the ball, and he'd have like an open goal or something. I mean, before he even reared his foot back, it was, it was like, uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. It was, Oh, here's go. And like the octave, it just goes like into this high pitch. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like, and this is like the inaudible words part. It's just like noises. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Cause some of y'all are like, oh, don't show them that video of us, honey. That's so embarrassing. You know what I'm talking about? Why does she do that? Because she's excited. Because she's about to see her daughter or her son, they just did something really, really great and they're proud of them. Guys, as parents, a lot of you have done that. You see your children do something great and you're just like, it's this excitement. This is God's excitement in an audible way saying, hey, this is my son. Hey, world, check this. This is my son. His ministry beyond I love him. And I'm proud of him. Look at him. And that was the message of scripture that we see God saying, look, at my son, look at my love for you, demonstrated through him. This is the spoken word of God. And when we come to the places in the written word of God, and we see the spoken word of God, we just need to stop right there and say, whoa, man, God is, God's speaking right now. And as you study, if you look in the Old Testament, you look in the New Testament, particularly in the Old Testament, you see the word of God spoke through so-and-so. The word of the Lord came through so-and-so. And this, like, but that's not the spoken word of God. But when the Bible sees it as important enough to say, hey, what this dude's about to say came from the mouth of God, we need to listen. Because the word of God is that powerful. It can create life out of nothing. It could sustain life. And it always brings glory to God. I wish my words every time, I wish I could say that about everything that comes out of my mouth, that it brings glory to God, but it doesn't. So when we see God demonstrate that for us, we need to take note. We need to stop and pay attention to that. His audible word has power. Day. And it happens. Maybe for some of us, that's the frustrating part of being a Christian in our eyes as we forget the power that comes with the word of God. We don't lean on it. We don't stand on it. We don't rely on it. We don't depend on it. We just think that, you know, I checked the box. I got in the water and now I'm just trying to figure it out as I go. You forget the power of the word of God that's given to you every day. It's a reflection of his love. Are we listening to the word of God? Whether we read it are we listening for it so we got the written word of God that we're going to be unpacking over the next several weeks we have the spoken word of God the last one I want to look at is the word of God that is a person is Jesus Christ and that's why I wanted you to turn to John chapter one so if you're in John chapter one I'm just going to be honest with you. We're going to have a verse of Scripture up on the screens, but I'm going to keep reading, and that's my fault, not theirs. These guys are amazing to make sure that we have uh, God's Word written on the screens for us, but I'm going to keep reading. But John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, this is how John the Apostle, John the beloved disciple, John who walked with Jesus for those three years, this was his friend, his mentor, his Savior, this is how he describes Jesus in his book he says in the beginning was the word that's a capital w in case you haven't noticed and the word was with god and the word was god he was with god in the beginning through him all things were made without him nothing was made that has been made john says that jesus said in him was life And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Drop down to verse 9. Look at this. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. We still battle that. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. truth. If you want to just kind of jot this down, something else you can further study, something else you can keep on reading, is John continues this description of Jesus in his first letter in 1 John chapter 1, 1 through 4, John writes, that which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word, capital W, of life. The life appeared We have seen it and testify to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. So we have the written word of God and we have the spoken word of God when we talk about the word of God. But when we get to this, the person, when we talk about the word of God, we're talking about Jesus. Because the word of God is also a person. It's written, it's spoken, it's a person. And that's what John was pointing to. He said, this isn't just some guy, this isn't just the son of God, this is the word of God. Because Jesus came and lived out everything God has been trying to show us about who he is and how he loves us. The word of God. It says in that passage in John, in him was life. And his life was the light of all mankind. The word of God. See, I'll be honest with you, man. If I'm driving home today and the the voice of God fills up my truck, I might run off the road. If we're in my office, if we're doing something as a staff, if we're in here for just a minute, I'm not even talking about through the speakers, but some audible voice of God comes through, man, it's going to scare us to death. It's going to be amazing and unbelievable because it's the same voice that said a word and life created, life began, and everything we know began. And there are probably plenty of us that when asked the question, hey, what would you do if you heard the audible voice of God? We'd be like, man, I'd love to hear the voice of God. Man, that'd be incredible. It's, wow, Are you listening to the voice of God every day with what he's already given us? One of the things as a parent, and I think a lot of parents deal with this, one of the things as a parent, we get frustrated when we have to repeat ourselves. Parents, y'all ever deal with that frustration and you got to say it over and over and over? Why would God have to repeat himself when he's already told us? Maybe because we're disobedient children, maybe. We have his word. We have his word written word, we have a spoken word, but then we have the person, the word, we have Jesus Christ, and in him is life. See, that's the thing. We try to segment so many different things about our faith. We talk about how we love God, and we talk about how we believe in Jesus, and we talk about how the the Bible's important, but when have we ever recognized that all three of them are for the same purpose, for the glory of God, that they don't work separately and individually and, and, and as, into, as apart from each other's, but they are coming together to show us one incredible story. That this person of Jesus Christ entered this world and the world didn't even know him. His own people rejected him, but this is the good news for us, Church. It says, but those who believed in his name were saved in and through him. See, apart from the word, the person, we have no relationship with God. Apart from Jesus, you don't even have the capacity to love God. We think we do, but how can we love somebody we don't know? It's through the word The written, the spoken, and now the person, the word of Jesus that we see, the love God intended for you when he gave you life. This is the power of God on display. And for us as the church, we have to stand and lean and rely on the word for everything we are containing our faith. And yet, we wonder why our Sunday school teacher always tells us to bring this thing with us when we come. Maybe because there's power to change the world inside of it. Because the author created it with a whole lot less words than this. Church, are we reading the Word of God? Church, are we listening for the Word of God? of God church are we loving with the word of God the same word that if we're in Christ changed our lives the same word that has the power to scatter the darkness because of the light of Christ are you listening are you reading are you looking for it the word is here what will be our response to it let me pray for you God I thank you so much for your word and God that might be the written word that's the spoken word that we see in your word God that's definitely the person the word of God God, I thank you so much that Jesus wasn't just a one and done, but yet God, because of Christ, the Holy Spirit, we still have the privilege of, of hearing from you and seeing you at work and knowing who you are to us. It's just like Mr. Jackie said, you've given us your written word of God that is your love letter to us for your glory. God, I pray that as we begin this series over the next several weeks that this church and every single person that belongs to it will fall in love with the word of God. And maybe, maybe that means that we need to just blow the dust off, open it, maybe even start with the book of John to just see Jesus for who he is according to your written word, God. God, maybe for the believer to fall in love with your word again, it's just to recognize the truth that comes in it. And God, maybe through that truth, maybe there's somebody here that just needs to hear a fresh word of God. Maybe it's already written down where it says the word of God came and spoke and said this. Maybe that's what we need to hear, God. And God, I'm not asking for you to audibly communicate with us. You've given us more than enough means to hear from you. So God, I pray that we do seek you, Father. We recognize the beauty and the value of of the word. But God, I pray this morning that there, I know there's somebody here, that the word of the Lord, Jesus himself, is so much more than script on a page. God, I pray that your word, that you would reveal yourself to them and that they would know your love for them. And it's not about earning it. It's not about being good enough. It's impossible. But God, you sent your word. You sent your son to show us what it looks like the way you love us. And God, it's not enough just for us to say, well, I love God or I believe in God. God, it's a, it's a relationship that you desire to have with us, Father. And I pray this morning that if anyone in this room doesn't have that relationship but is interested to know more, that in the next few minutes they would come down and talk to me. They would, they would talk to somebody in this place before they leave and say, I want to know more about the Word. And that we would be diligent, Father, to show and tell them. God, for the people in this room that are struggling and hurting, I pray that the word would wash over them, that gives life not death and they would rely on it. Father, for the marriage that is struggling God, I pray that you would bring them back to your word because that's how their marriage began, with a word, a promise and that is what we have in your word God, for the mom or the dad that is just struggling being a mom or a dad, Father May your word replenish them and show them it's all they need to rebuild their life around it. God, whatever it is, I pray that we are obedient in responding to you for the sake of your word alive in our lives. So God, be glorified in how we worship at this time with our obedience. In your name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand.